When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Hey guys, welcome back to Three Terrible Gamers Podcast. This is episode 62, and I'm here with Colin. Hey guys. Feeling a little rough today, just sore throat and sinus infection and stuff. So if it sounds different, that's probably why. But uh, we'll go ahead and start into last week's topics. Fortnite Chapter 1 map is making a comeback. Yeah, it made a comeback at the time of recording yesterday on November 3rd. I didn't really see anything for how long it was going to last. I don't know if it's like one of those uh, LTMs for the limited time modes or if it's fair for stay and just have like a special setup just for that map itself. Um, I think in mine, it has like an explanation for it. Um, so basically, it says it's going to be like a a weekly thing. Like, every week we'll have a new map from the past. Okay. Yeah, I didn't show up on mine for that, which... So, I'm guessing they're going to go from, like... Because, obviously, the map changed a little bit per season. Not necessarily even per... Well... Per, no, sometimes per season. Sometimes okay. they change a little bit. Yeah. I was going to say per season, but the seasons are inside of chapters. Right. What, there's usually about seasons or whatever on Fortnite area for 10 um yeah it's usually they have a chapter run a couple years or so okay so and in then, that case it makes sense but still per week that's that's still pretty often per chapter yeah that's going pretty often and of course like I said I mean I guess that does technically make it a limited time mode situation yeah and i mean i've we've talked about before that we would hope that they would bring the original map back because that was the best one in my opinion and what we all started on obviously and uh rylan he's been playing and he's been enjoying it he said so i might try it after we get off here or something just to play around with but yeah so it says epic games has officially announced that the original Fortnite Season 1 map will be making a return on November 3rd, 2023, which, like Colin said, time recording was yesterday. The announcement was made on the official Fortnite Twitter account, which reads, Sprint or Mantle, your choice, back to Chapter 1. 
See you soon, 11.3.23. According to the previous rumors, the return of the original map is a part of a time corruption, which will see a new season map each week. It's claimed for more context, context, user Winzo said that every week we'll have a new season to explain further. Since time will be running faster, every week we'll have a new season, and I'm assuming gameplay elements and map changes from those seasons. So you'll probably get like the guns from those seasons and everything that happened actually during those seasons. Yeah, so get the good old scar back. Yeah. Hopefully. You would think so. You would think they just want to bring back the map and keep the modern guns on there. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't think, but it is epic. So we'll see. It seems like they haven't made the best decisions with Fortnite for the I don't know, past couple of years, it seems. For me, anyway. Some people might enjoy it, but I haven't really. Since Chapter 2, Season 6, I think. The Primal Season was the last best one, I think. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, like I said, I'm going to try it after this, so I'll find out for myself, I guess. If you guys are listening live, come join us. Yeah. Because I'll even hop... Okay, yeah, we'll get Colin playing too. Get the maybe see Colin Summer and get the whole squad back together. All right, moving on. Mario Wonder is the f- fastest selling game in Europe. Yeah, for the three day period, which is usually what we count for the whole worldwide sales or whatever. So for the Europe side of it, it smashed the records. It was 25 million copies sold in the first three days. Yeah, it's pretty good. <clears throat> Which is insane because you know, outside of America and Japan, usually the like Nintendo fades, which of course I know it's creeping up on best sold console of all time slowly. Yeah. But still, just to see that it got pretty much shattered in Europe is amazing to me because like i said usually you see you expect a bunch of sales out of the united states and japan yeah but for europe be on that list of most souls sort of thing which i guess technically that is a double-edged sword in itself because obviously if they don't typically get that many games and i mean i know they get every game that we get but typically they don't buy as much as what we do right so i guess technically that makes sense in a way but they would have a better chance of buying a game up quicker in reality, comparing to what we would have to do over here or in Japan. Yeah, because they're not as big of a gaming, you know, country or, you know, continent, I guess, as we are over here, technically, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty impressive. But yeah, it says in its first three days on sale, Super Mario Bros. Wonder has become the fastest selling Super Mario game ever in Europe. And then they said a huge thanks to everyone who helped make this a wonderful launch. Um, so yeah, that's pretty good. I never thought that a 2D Mario game would do that. I mean, I knew it would sell good, but I didn't know it'd sell that good. I mean, I know it it makes sense to sell better than Odyssey because Odyssey came out in 2018 when the Switch was less than a year old. And so... Or maybe a little over a year old. I don't remember exactly when in 2018 it launched. It might have been after March. But anyway, it was around a year old when 
that game came out. So there's definitely a lot more Switches out there. So I understand that it is going to sell more than Odyssey, but still, it being a 2D Mario game, I didn't think it'd be this big of a difference. No, but as we've mentioned before, it's, it's been a while since we got a true 2D Mario that wasn't a reskin or just a rename for a different console porting over. Yeah, yeah, it's been a really long time. And a lot of people seem to like it more than the new Super Mario Bros. series. And it has more life to it and more emotions, I guess, to it. It's it's yeah, good, it's a good game. Yeah, and that was a thing on the developers end, too, because unlike the new Super Mario Bros. series, they didn't have a deadline. Like, Widow and Nintendo was just like, right here's what we got, right here's what... It's just a 2D Mario game. They was like, we're going to give you guys complete free reign on ideas and stuff, and then just pretty much make your ideas happen. So, and then, like I said, they didn't have a timestamp on it. So finally, over the years, they was able to perfect it down to what they all liked and combined together. So they pretty much, I'm going to call this the Link's Awakening of the Mario series for right now, because that's what Link's Awakening was, too. It was more like a side project. Yeah, it was like a pretty much a side project. It turned into a bigger deal because, like I said, the research that I'd done showed that it didn't have no time limits, no nothing. It was just whenever you guys get done with it, you get done with it. And then you'll work out all the bugs and stuff after that. Yeah. Granted, I think that it was done in 2020, but they done the same thing with what they done with Tears of the Kingdom. And they just went through and they started piecing everything together story-wise and everything else have been testing out all the bugs before they finally released it three years later. Right. Well, and I think even it's been out, what, two, three weeks at this point? And there still hasn't been another update for it. It's still in 1.00. There's not been another update for it since it's released. That's how bug-free it was when it released because usually a game releases and you get an update that day or the day after that to fix some bugs, but there still hasn't been an update to fix anything in it yet. Yeah, and that's saying something because, I mean, shoot, even speedrunners at this point still haven't figured out a way to truly break the game either, which is usually the community that winds up breaking it more than anybody else. Right, and that, I mean, that's just saying how good the development team did on this game, perfecting it and making sure everything is right and there's no glitches or anything. You know, that's a good job for them. Like, I built yet again, if you have that much time to work on, you would expect something like that too, because Tears of the Kingdom had a deadline per se. Yeah, it they did. had, you know, had to start rolling out with, like I said, this Mario Wonder. They didn't have nothing like that. It was just when you guys are done with it, you're done with it, and we'll piece it together when you're done. And Tears of the Kingdom too, even though it did have a deadline, they still spent a year getting bugs and things out. And when it released, it didn't have any game-breaking bugs or anything. Yeah, it had duplication glitches, but that's not game-breaking. That actually helps players. I mean, I still haven't updated mine, so I still have that. So, Yeah. Yeah, so good job for Mario Wonder team. All right, uh, Ark Survival Ascend Reviews. Uh, yeah, I didn't even know they was making an upper art game in the first place, but yeah, they did. Uh, it got a six out of ten on six out of ten on Steam. Uh, Arc evolved on. We got a seventy on Medi- 
wait, hold on. I actually, I didn't even look up to see it <laughs> for Metacritic. I actually, I don't even think they had a Metacritic score. Up it, it's still, it. it's still saying yeah. to be determined. Okay, that's that could be why then. But so six out of ten on Steam. I'm not saying that Metacritic is going to be much different than Steam because usually they're relatively close. Yeah. I mean, they're within ten usually, so I could imagine it being you know within twenty. You know, go one way or the other for ascend from what your steam is so it could be a 50 to 70 yeah. on metacritic yeah i say it'd be more like of a 70 yeah because arc evolved got a 70 yeah. which i'm i want to assume is probably going to wind up being with 66 or 67 but on all, pretty much every other rating site that's not metacritic and steam had about a 7.7 on most other, you know, on most other sites, so it's other sites thinks it's good, but like I said, the two main ones, they're one still to be determined. So it's either that bad or that just no one's decided to go in there and clock in on it yet. Right. Yeah, and arc time will tell. It arcs just that type of game. I mean, it doesn't mean it's a bad game if it gets a sixty or seventy. It's just not that type of game that it's just gonna blow everybody away and it's you know, it's not going to get an 80 or 90 on Metacritic or anything. It's just not, it's not that type of game, but it is a fun game. The first one was anyway, I liked it. It did have issues, but it's, it was still fun taming dinosaurs, making forts, you know, going against other people and clans and stuff. It was fun. But, um, yeah, I never, I never played it. You never played it. It's good. It's on game pass. I play it for probably 15 minutes at Robert's house. i couldn't get into it it takes a minute and it, it's a time-consuming game like building your fort and make sure nobody can get in make sure no dinosaurs can, can destroy it or anything it takes a long time it takes several several hours but um, to me it seems like an advanced version of turok pretty much and i think that's why i liked it so much because i loved turok evolution on the gamecube back in the day we played it a lot but uh yeah that was one in rate definitely a lot to play yeah it's fun. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Mine's just Steam-based, because I've seen there's a lot of issues with it, so I'm just going to give everybody a heads up. So it says, Ark Survival Ascended is facing a surge of negative reviews on Steam due to numerous issues, including crashes and game instability. Players are experiencing server issues and performance-related problems, such as severe lag and poor frame rates, even on the lowest graphic settings. While the game has received criticism, some positive reviews acknowledge that it represents an improvement and anticipation remains high for future updates to address these issues. So, anybody playing it on Steam on PC may have some issues until they up, update it, which, I mean, it's a common thing with new games that are released nowadays. So, it took them, I mean, the Switch version was really, really graphically bad for a long time. And when I first played it it was really bad i mean it was still fun but the graphics sucked i think it was about a year ago or so they came out and just completely redid the switch version so it looks really good now but uh so it's just showing that they do care about their games and no matter how old it is they will keep supporting it so i don't think it'll be the same with this game obviously because it's new they'll keep Put patches and stuff out there, and eventually it'll run good and play good. Just take some time. 
Yeah, or it'll get a Game Pass like the other one and get it away with everybody that way. Yeah. All right, moving on to this week's topics. Mario Kart 8 OLED Black Friday Bundle. Uh, Yeah, Nintendo Switch OLED console with neon blue and neon red controllers, which... I mean, that's not really much different than the original Switch controller when it came out three con wise. Uh, it came and it comes with a download code for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is about ready to get its last bit of packs before mm-hmm. a new game would even because it's what pack number six is what it's getting. Yeah, coming out with booster pack number six, and last one. And it's get which, of course, you're not getting the booster packs with the game, it's just the base game, right? Uh, Whatever comes on the deluxe version, because I don't know what's different between Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart Deluxe ever been porting over. Um, that seems like a common... The difference is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, when there was DLC released with the Wii U, Deluxe came with the DLC already part of the game. So you got like probably one or two packs on... Well, you didn't get any extra courses, you just got extra characters and stuff like that. Like Link and Animal Crossing and crossovers like that. Gotcha. So characters, not maps. Right. We are very pleased to announce our super new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance Wars and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly, and the meta is always evolving along with campaigns, blitz, and arena. There's also Alliance War, a massive weekly alliance battle, raids, and cosmic crucible, where you go head-to-head against other players in a tournament. Marvel Strike Force are enjoying their six-year anniversary. You know what that means. Free stuff, just for signing up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We have received a unique promo code for every new user. Please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring today's episode. All right, and you get a free month individual subscription to the Nintendo Switch online service. Uh, and the retail prices for this is going to be what it costs for the OLED, which if you're in Europe, that's going to be 349 pounds. Uh, in France, it'll be 310.49 euros. And for us and the UK specifically, it's going to be uh, 349. Oh, no, my bad, my bad. Uh, it's going to be 349.99 for United States, so 350, and then it's going to be 310 for Europe. So it's going to be 310 pounds there. Uh, so yeah, it's if you want Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, you know, a 12 year old game at this point almost, and. <laughs> Three months of Nintendo Switch Online gives you a new OLED. I mean, this game doesn't die because it's on the top, at least the top 10, every single week, every week. 
it, it just keeps selling and selling and selling. So that's why every single year, huh? And it's still a sixty dollar game. Yeah, I mean, if it's selling, then why not keep it there? I guess. But uh, it's their <laughs> view on it. But I mean, every single year, Black Friday, they have a Mario Kart Eight bundle with a Switch. But this is the first time that they've bundled it with a Switch OLED. Usually, it's just the V two red box switch that they bundle it with but uh they are doing so you if you are listening and you want this make sure you pay attention to what you're buying because they are doing a bundle with a v2 red box switch and if you want the oled make sure you realize it's the oled because they are both the red and blue joy con collars so it's going to be very confusing so you better pay attention to what you're buying just heads up Kind of hard to miss the OLED vote because it's usually in all caps. Right. Yeah. But if you're just glancing at the box and, you know, just make sure you read the box. But the price is a little bit different too. Yeah. Yeah. The price is about $50 difference. Okay. Yeah. I'll go ahead and read mine. And I guess it says the latest exciting bundle reveal comes from Nintendo, who has something of an annual tradition when it comes to Black Friday. Although significant discounts on Nintendo consoles have been hard to find over the years. One of the most common games to appear in these bundles is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And that precisely what you'll be getting in the latest console bundle. It confirms that a Nintendo Switch OLED version of the popular bundle is finally on the way. Releasing on November 24th, which is Black Friday. And it also comes with a white Nintendo Switch OLED model as well. Not just the red and blue. But I believe the red box Switch is just the red and blue. It's not the gray Joy-Cons. As far as I'm, I've seen online. Yeah, I still love how they call them neon because they're not really even neon colors. No, they're not. I mean, they're a little bright, but they're not neon. Yeah. Let's see how much time we have. We still have plenty of time. All right. Xbox is blocking controllers. Uh, yeah, this topic almost got me in trouble because I'm glad I do like more than one source whenever I do research these things. Because if I was just stuck with the, sec- the first source, it was a fake source. And so it, it was definitely more comedic than what's actually happening with it. But uh, in general, the third-party Xbox controllers if you manage to get one of those. So I guess Nintendo's version of like AAA controllers type of situation or Power A, whatever those type of controllers are actually named. But if it's not a first-party Xbox controller, it's no longer going to work. So if you had a third-party controller, you probably already know this. If you listen to us, it's probably going to be old news. But if not, and you decide that this holiday season's coming up and you decide that you're going to buy someone an Xbox controller that you like, and it's going to be a third party, make sure it says Xbox on it, because it's not going to work for them. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, unless it's a third-party controller licensed by Microsoft, it's not going to work anymore. Like uh, the Hyperkin they- Xbox 360 controller, it's licensed by Microsoft, so it will work with your Series X and S still. But uh, yeah, so Microsoft is seemingly going to block unauthorized third-party accessories and controllers from working on the Xbox Series X and S starting November 12th, which I think some has already started, So, but I guess it's going to be like worldwide November 12th. 
But uh, however, Microsoft is reportedly planning on expanding its approved third-party program for controllers. First spotted by Windows Central, an Xbox owner in the UK got an error message when plugging in their third-party controller. The message read, a connected accessory is not authorized. Using unauthorized accessories com compromises your gaming experience. For this reason, the unauthorized accessory will be blocked from use on November 12th, 2023. These new blocks on unauthorized controllers might be due to Microsoft being wary of allowing accessories that would let people cheat. So what I think it is, is so controllers like using macros and stuff like that won't be supported anymore. Because I know a lot of people use those on 2K to get their green release every single time. And other games as well. So I think game like controllers like that will no longer be supported unless they're authorized by Microsoft or licensed by Microsoft themselves. Which they're going to allow macros controllers on the thing if that's what they're trying to control in the first place. Right. But yeah, so I think it's a good thing because I know we was tired of people using macros and stuff on xbox when we was playing 2k and it's just i mean it was rigged basically so and we still won a lot even with that but still could you play good enough defense you know it, it's hit or miss with a green if you allow it to green or not even with a macro but i mean if it's wide open it's money every time but yeah, so this is good for Microsoft, and I would say that Nintendo and Sony may follow suit with this, but, I mean, it's hard to tell. Because I know there's a lot of Switch controllers out there with macros, more than Xbox. Yeah. But I want to say this for the fake article, if you guys want to go look at it yourself, because I'm not even going to waste the time of giving you guys fake news on here. It's called, it's a uh, hardwire is the name of the website, hardwire.net or whatever. And it's called Little Brothers Gaming. So if you want to go on there and read it, it's very comedic, but it drops a few F bombs and everything. So hence why I'm not going to really cover it on here. Is that what gave it away that it was fake? Yeah. It was a <laughs> Phil, it was a Phil Spencer quote. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see. That would give it away. Yeah, because like I said, I was reading out through there. I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. And I'm just like, no, this is not real. It can't be real. Yeah, Maybe there's no way he said that other. in a quote. On... Yeah, especially yeah. talking to people about the situation. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, this one's fake. I was like, it would be pretty funny if I went on there and said it this way. But I'm just like, I'm glad I look at like multiple sources instead of just one source each time to gather my information and just <laughs> yeah. paraphrase everything. All right, moving on. So we've talked a lot about layoffs in the gaming industry lately, and here's another one. Layoffs hit Bungie. <laughs> yeah, and Bungie blames the uh, fan base out of all people to blame for their own layoffs, and they blame it on people for not uh, for giving up on Destiny 2 so early. So they decided to lay off 100 people. So shame on you guys for giving up on Destiny 2 so soon. Not, You know, it's not the company's fault that, you know, they had to lay off people. It's the consumer base. Because it's our they fault. Didn't play Destiny. Yeah, it's our fault because 
you know, where to because they can't decide to be like, oh, okay. Instead of banging like, oh, okay, yeah, we can make Destiny free now, get the hype back up. But no, De- Bungie believes in ten-year games. I don't even. Well, that's their years. fault. That's the problem right there. Don't believe in ten-year games. Ten-year games is a hard thing to do unless you're Mario Kart Eight or GTA Five. Yep. Because what the first Destiny lasted seven years, and then Destiny Two's so. about seven years. Yeah, I believe. I mean, I got Destiny 2 when it first came out, when it was $60, and then it became free later. But, I mean, if you're wanting a game to succeed, don't make it free. I mean, understand making it free, getting a lot of people in or whatever. But then if you make it free, you're going to have a bunch of DLCs like they've had, which confuses people, especially if people try to follow like a timeline or the lore into the game. That confuses people which ones, you know, chronologically ordered or whatever. Because there's a ton of DLCs for this game now. And then, you know, it adds buying skins and crap like that. And Mobe likes microtransactions in games. It's aggravating and annoying. So, I mean, it's Bungie's fault, obviously. And maybe they'll come out with Destiny 3 and try it again. Another 10-year game, we'll see. But... Yeah, so Destiny 2 developer Bungie has broken its silence after laying off around 100 staff members earlier this week. Well, I guess it had been last week. Well, this past week. Anyway, the studio posted a blog update that acknowledged the move and teased a major change in plans for Destiny 2's next big DLC, The Final Shape. On Monday, October 30th, Bungie laid off a sizable chunk of its staff and departments, including community QA, audio, and more. According to a report from IGN, Bungie CEO Pete Parsons cited Destiny 2's declining performance in 2023 as a cause. A report from Bloomberg noted that Bungie's upcoming projects were internally delayed as part of the move, with the final shape quietly moving to June 2024. So yeah, Destiny... Two and Bungie have seen a lot of backlash over these layoffs because they are blaming the fan base and something like that. You just can't blame the fan base. It's not their fault. If your game's not good or it's boring to them or they don't understand it because of all the DLCs, it's not their fault. Or you're not charged for the game in the first place. Yeah. Make it. Instead, make it. Everybody's making games that are failing free, which I don't understand. Make them cheaper. Make them $10, $15, so you're at least making a little bit of profit, but it's low enough where almost anybody can buy it if they want to. Yeah, because, I mean, you still get a lot out of that game. It's, I mean, it's a real yeah, good it, game. I mean, it's a fun game, yeah. And But don't blame the player base when you decided to make it free. Yeah, when you could have like charged epic- $20, $15, $10, whatever. And yeah. yeah, that's not that much, but if a lot of people buy it, you know, it's it adds up. It yeah, adds up more like than free. And was like, oh yeah, we're gonna lay off a crap ton of people when Fortnite's free, Rocket League's free, and everything else. It's like I said, it's not logical to blame no. your fans. Fortnite's a one of a kind. It's the only one that's been successful for this long. Is the first and the only successful because you think Warzone, it's kind of successful, but they're also on the second one. 
Throwing Warzone 2.0, Warzone 1 has been shut down. I don't think that's because it wasn't successful. It's just because they gave up on it too early. But still, that being said, Fortnite's the only one original that's still successful. Yeah, Not, not every game's going to be like that. I can understand Warzone's thing to an extent because it spans across, what, pre-Call of Duty games? Yeah. But the reality of the situation is they kept the same map and everything else. At least Fortnite had a thing in mind where they was like, okay, we're going to change the seasons in the chapter and do that. So, yeah, technically from the beginning in 2017, it's not the same game as what it was back in 2017, but... It's they know how to work the formula. They've got their fans where they want their fans. Yeah, and just like anything, though, I mean, when they change seasons, change chapters, they lose fans and then they gain fans. So it's it's not like they're losing a lot of people because there's diehard fans that's been there since the beginning that will play it no matter what. But for us, like, it has to be good for us to play it. So they're always going to have people play it, just how many and... It just depends, but not every game is going to be Fortnite, so people need to quit developing games thinking that they're the next Fortnite that's going to be successful for years with being free and just living off of microtransactions, because that's not the case. And I, I mean, Fortnite's not Epic's only game, so it's not just Fortnite that has them being successful. Yeah, it's their most successful, and it has a big chunk part of that, but it's not the only one. No. But that's all the time we have. Thanks for watching or listening. Remember, you can always watch us live on Twitch and YouTube. Follow all of our socials, our Instagram, our Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Join our Discord server, chat with us. Uh, buy our merch here. One red bubble. Um, anything else? everything all right we'll catch you in the next episode later guys